Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. We're back. This is episode 129. We're your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. What's up, guys? What's going on? What have you guys been doing in the last week or so? I mean, I've been seeing some posts and I just want to hear all about it. <laughs> I'm so tired. I've been doing so <laughs> much. We had our grand opening event uh, last weekend. I ran a half marathon the weekend before that. My nephew from Texas came to visit and we took him to... Uh, we went to the Santa Monica Pier. We went to Disneyland. We had a pool day. I'm just so like, I don't have any more to go. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, but I heard you drove all the way from H-Town. Oh, yes. And so... My mother um, does not have a car. So she uh, generally, when she comes to visit me, she'll take Amtrak uh, because <laughs> the Amtrak stop literally is a block away from where she lives in Hanford. Oh, yes. And I remember. So, yeah. So she just <laughs> takes the train. It drops her to Bakersfield. Then she takes the bus over the grapevine. And um, just with COVID and everything, she just hasn't felt comfortable to do that. Um, so I invited her to come to Disneyland with, um, us and my nephew Jaden and told her I would go pick her up and take her home. So I did a 24 hour turnaround trip last week to pick her up and another one, um, this week to drop her off. And yesterday I, uh, got home late at night at nine o'clock. I was so tired and I missed big brother. I was trying to get here as fast as I could. So I got to watch it today. <laughs> damn that's commitment how much is it, how long was the drive over there is it what it's about four? three and a half hours three and a half hours yeah it's more like four going there because i'm stuck in la traffic trying to get out of the city but coming back it's probably closer to like three three and a half damn that's crazy you should have just added the three more hours and came and visited me <laughs> <laughs> what about you, you jen what's going on with you how's adapting to the nightlife in San Jose. Oh, is there, there is no nightlife? Night <laughs> there is no nightlife. I was going to ask. There, there, I, apparently there used to be, but they're still like very cautious about everything and stuff like that. Oh. Um, so there's not a lot going on. A lot of stuff closes like by like eight, nine o'clock. <laughs> <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I get so annoyed when I come home late from work and I want to get something to eat and all the places are closed on <laughs> Grubhub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so pretty I can't much. imagine how every everything was closed like that. Yeah, but that's just in like San Jose. Like it, I do cancel order stuff off of Grubhub because like there's so many like the Bay Area is so interconnected, right? Yeah, that I can like order stuff. I can order stuff from Milpitas and get it like within like thirty minutes to an hour. So that's uh that's what I've been doing. There's this there's this first spot that's open. Like till like like four a.m. Oh so wow! So whenever I'm drunk enough uh, <laughs> and I'm with my friend and she's like, "Let's get pho," I'm like, "Sure, let's get pho." Uh, <laughs> and we order pho like around two a.m. I've never had so pho. I'm, oh, it's so really good. good. I, so yeah. good. highly, highly recommend. Eddie it. says he knows I would like it because it's full of onion. 
Yes, <laughs> it is. It's full of onions and you can add more onions. I love onions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, I'm going to share with you my my spot. I really love that place. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's in Gardena. So. Oh, nice. Okay. I'm ready. So it's a lot. I am. Uh, it's not too bad, but I went to a concert in San Francisco the past oh, cool. weekend. Yeah. Um, uh, on the 18th, I went to go see Willow, uh, Willow Smith. Uh, oh really? Oh, wow. Yeah, she was. Did she do it with my hair back and forth? <laughs> no. <laughs> she I actually wait. did, uh, but uh, kind of like heavy metal version of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I love her did. new song, Transparency. Uh, yeah, no, I I have been like a fan of hers for quite a while now. Ever since um, um oh god, what album was it? It was one of her first albums where she's like, uh, she has a green headband on, mm. but like, who, like I love her, and she's been uh, making a turn into like rock and heavy metal and stuff oh, like that. Oh, really? So, yes. Yeah. That's so awesome. the, her show was a lot of that, and it was a lot of fun. And I put on a bomb ass outfit. <laughs> yes, Sion you did. Right I saw soon. it. Mm-hmm. And so it was. That was a that was a lot of fun. And my foot has is officially in the clear by the doctor which is also why i went oh cool oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah i remember you said you fell and your ankle and then sarah and you fell and, <laughs> and you fell Incredible. too in hanford yes i fell i have a big old <laughs> just uh, a month of falls knee. guys i think there's something wrong with the gravitational pull i don't think it's <laughs> us i do not think it's us <laughs> it's forcing chubby latinas to fall down <laughs> <laughs> We have to look more into this. This is no laughing matter. <laughs> so, well, what about you, Sarah? Um, yeah. I've been pretty busy uh, with work. Uh, there's going to be like a, a big surge of work, and then it's going to kind of die down in the holiday season. Oh, good. Um, I got tickets to go to um, uh, what is it called? Alaska for Thanksgiving. So, I'm very <gasps> oh, excited about that. Wow. Yes. I, oh, I was going to ask you if you're going to go to Comic-Con, but I guess not because you'll be in Alaska. <laughs> oh, shoot. It's going to be in October and uh, November. Yeah. Comic-Con? This year, oh. uh, there's having a special show. Um, it's only a weekend or maybe it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know. But anyway, it's that uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, well, if we had our soundboard, we'd do the sad trombone. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. Usually I I buy food at uh, Lucille's and we have like Thanksgiving dinner. Um, we're running around crazy. But no, I really wanted to just get away. So we were thinking about Iceland and then Ireland. But then COVID stuff happens. Yeah. Like they completely change all the requirements and stuff. So I was like, you know what, let's just go to Alaska. And so we just got our tickets and so excited. Uh, I want to see the Aurora Borealis. That's pretty much all. Yeah, I've always wanted to take a cruise to Alaska Mm. due to COVID. Mm. were, um, Were the prices different? Do you think were they cheaper? Yes, it's the off season, so they they are uh-huh. cheaper. Yeah, even hotel stay is just as nice. expensive as Airbnb. So we might just do the hotel oh, and just okay. do that. Hotel, hotel, hotel. Holiday, Holiday Inn. Inn. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what else? Okay, so uh, happy hispanic heritage month everyone it yes. started on the 15th, and I was just like, is it only going to be like until the end of the month? But no, no. It to 
the next 15th. So yeah. it's a month of uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. So uh, we've been putting up like highlights on our some of the creators we've had on their show or just some of the books we read, which has been really awesome because uh, I sit there and I re-listen to our episodes and I laugh at with us. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God, I remember that beer. Oh, I remember this. I, you know, it's just like a little flashback kind of down memory lane. So that's been pretty awesome. Um, including so that there was a, a review on micheladas that I went ahead and bought a different type of brewery michelada. So I wanted to try that. So that oh. it kind of inspired me to go back and try to find these flavors that I found so so good on our ratings um, during the podcast. So that was really good. And also, guys, the, we, I'm going to inaugurally post a TikTok video <gasps> yay so we got a tiktok nice. account so <laughs> i get lost on tiktok sometimes and i'm yeah. laughing <laughs> sometimes i'll because i can't sleep i'll be in bed and, and eddie's like next to me and i'm trying to not laugh out loud to not wake <laughs> him up but I, it's like a, a rabbit hole that you oh, can yes. just go forever in because <laughs> there's just so much to look at Oh, yeah, I particularly like the stuff on the little the little like pets and stuff. That is super cute. I just get all warm and fuzzy. Um, our, the first person we ever followed on our TikTok account was Jules Rivera. So oh. I, like she has some great videos. They yeah. make me laugh all the time. She's just really, really funny. But yeah, that's what I've been doing, guys. All right, guys, now it's time for Chisme de la Semana, and I'm bringing you some juicy chisme. Uh, I can't believe some of this shit, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, Blue Demon Blue Demon Jr. has been replaced, guys. Oh, it's I saw Mad that. Scorpion and Disney Plus series. Apparently, Blue Demon, Blue Demon, I can't say demon. I don't I know why. Blue Demon Jr. has left the title role on the upcoming Disney Plus series. And uh, now they're giving the role to some other dude called, uh, let's see, his name is, well, I don't know what his name is, but they ca obviously can't call it Ultraviolet and Blue Demon. Blue Demon. Now they're calling it um, uh, Ultraviolet and Black Scorpion, uh, who's going to be playing the, uh, who's being played by Villarreal, and he's playing a luchador coach with a secret superhero identity, Black Scorpion. Um, and you know what sucks is just that this actual uh, character was written for Blue Demon. Right. So I'm just like, I wonder what the T is on that. Yeah, like, I wonder, me too. There must have been some salt or something, I, I think. Um, the series first started developing in February of 2020, and uh, we are not sure. I think it's going to premiere in the fall, but uh, nothing has been really confirmed. So, like, I, who knows why he left? I mean, uh, it doesn't say anything. There has been no, um, there has been no word from Blue Demon Jr. on why or commented on the matter at all. So, um, I'm just like, what is going on? So, uh, the actor is called J.R. Villarreal. Uh, he's the one who is going to be playing Cruz de la Vega, which is the Black Scorpion. So, that's kind of sad because I was really looking forward to seeing Blue Demon Jr. And, yeah. uh, and like I said, I can't say Blue Demon Jr. because it's just not <laughs> in my DNA. It just doesn't function that way. So, uh, I'm really saddened about that. And, you know, it makes me a little salty about actually watching this series. Hopefully, it comes out soon and we know what's going on. Exactly. Also, guys, uh, Sholo Mari Mar Mar Dueña 
is going to be the guy from Cobra Kai who plays Miguel. Oh, uh, right. He is going to be Blue Beetle in the new HBO Max DC film superhero that's going to be made for DC, uh, um, HBO Max. So I'm really excited. I don't know. Awesome. If you guys- he, uh, they're gonna focus on the Mexican American teenager Jaime Reyes um, as the Blue Beetle uh, mantle. So that's kind of awesome. And Maridueña, he's Me- he has Mexican, Cuban, and Ecuadorian heritage. So I'm pretty excited about this. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but he's the guy who was be befri- uh, I guess mentored by Johnny, the the yeah. bad guy. And I uh, am a big fan. Yes, right. Oh my God, I grew <laughs> up having a crush on Johnny, even though he was a bad guy and he was trying yeah. to kick Danny Russo's butt all the time. But yeah, I'm really excited that he got this role because I really, really like him as an actor, and I can't wait to see what else he's doing. And it looks like they have a lot of Latinx people working on the project. Um, uh, director is Angel Manuel Soto, and the screenplay is by Mexican-born Gareth Dunet Alcocer. I know it's like Gareth, who? But I know I, Gareth. But, but the last name is Alcocer. <laughs> Gareth? Might as um, well be Brad. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he has a hyphenated uh, name of Duned Alcocer. So yeah, I uh, he actually uh, wrote uh, the English version or the remake of Miss Bala. Miss Bala was originally produced by. Um, God darn it. Uh, not Gael, but the other guy. They're always partners. They were in Drudo and Cursi. He's, he's in Star Wars. God, uh, Diego oh, Luna. Diego Luna. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Uh, uh, Diego Luna, he uh, originally produced Miss Bala, and it was a Spanish uh, movie in Spanish. I think it took place in Te- Tijuana. And then there was a remake of Miss Bala, which apparently was written. Um, by this uh, person who's going to be doing uh, Blue Beetle. And they redid it with uh, the girl that plays Jane the Virgin. And it oh. was a kind of a totally different spin. There was way more action in the in the remake. Totally different movies, but kind of the same. It just, I was like really surprised they used the same name though. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm very, very excited. It looks like a, a very heavy Latino, Latinx um uh, working team, so I'm really excited for this. So Hi. that's that's my cheese man. All right, it's now time for on my radar, Kristen. What is on your radar? <laughs> so on my radar this week is um, some Marvel news. I think that I have shared in the past. Um, some of Marvel Voices titles that have come out. And that is um, the, that's not really an imprint, but it's this, um, I guess I want to say imprint. I don't know if that's correct, (laughs) but it's, it's this title book that comes out. It's been coming out on a monthly basis, I think. Um, And it celebrates uh, BIPOC, Uh, characters and also creators and so for the month of October they are doing um well and in the past they've done um Marvel Voices Pride they've done um uh Marvel Voices uh Asian Pacific Islander oh that's right they did uh uh something else legacy I don't remember what which that one was but there was also one for black creators and characters 
And in October, they are going to do Marvel's Voices Comunidades. And Ooh. it's going to turn a spotlight on Latinx heroes and creators from the Marvel Universe. So these are going to be all new stories that are going to feature thrilling adventures of some of Marvel's most popular heroes while celebrating the range of their cultural heritage as told by fan favorite writers and artists, which I love. Like that definitely sounds like Marvel is getting behind the idea of Latinidad and not just giving us a somewhat brown, light-skinned character that has a Latino last name and that's it. That's all we get as far as any kind of idea that they are Latinx. Right. So right on top uh, of, the, of the list is Terry Blas. Ooh. who um, wrote Reptile, and he is going to have a story in here which spins out of that series. Um, and then there's going to be um, a story by Daniel Jose Older, um, and he revisits the legacy of Marvel's first superhero of Latino descent, which was Hector Ayala, a.k.a. White Tiger. And uh, apparently this is going to this particular story is an inspiring story rooted in real history. So I'm actually (gasps) what that's going to be. So uh, also you can um, read a story to catch up with the current white tiger, who is Ava Ayala Ayala. Um, And uh, that story is going to be written by Amparo Ortiz. And um, that story is going to have Ava confronting the dark nature of her powers. Um, And then uh, writer Juan Ponce is going to, uh, it says, travel to the past with writer Juan Ponce to witness Nina the Conjurer, the Brazilian Sorcerer Supreme of the 1950s. Did you guys freaking know that there was a Brazilian Sorcerer Supreme? Did not know that. That sounds amazing. So, uh, and then there's going to be, there's going to be an introduction by renowned comic scholar Fe- Frederick Luis Aldama, Yay. Professor Latinx, um, a- about the history of Latinx heroes and creators in the comic book industry. So this just sounds amazing all around. It's coming out in October. I'm not sure exactly what day. I'm looking to see if there is um, a release date. Yes, it is October 20th. So that is Marvel's Voices um, Community. And then in parentheses, it says Comunidades. Number one, a whole bunch of Latinx creators, whole bunch of Latinx characters. And it is on sale on October 20th. So get to your LCS. Let them know that you want it. It's already been on FOC, actually. FOC FOC is this Monday. So uh, by the time you hear this, which will be the Tuesday after that day, FOC will already be done, but still let your comic shop know that you are interested so they can put one aside. Oh, that is super awesome. I can't, w- I, I want these and they're probably going to have variant covers, yes, right? There's, I, I, in fact, I just ordered them and there are so many variants. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy. Um, are they going to all release uh, weekly? Like all the stories? No, or? This, this particular one is just going to come out once altogether. Oh, so nice. it's just, so this Marvel voices is the title. And then uh, on an ongoing basis, the voices that they uh, uphold are different um, people of color. Oh, excellent. That's this awesome. October just happens to be Latinx. All right, guys. Kristen, what time <gasps> is it? 
You it's know, when time. you ask me that, I always, I'm like, <laughs> for a brief moment, I'm like, I don't know. What time is it? We didn't talk about this. <laughs> but it's la hora de la cervecita. And we have yes. for you today a, oh, I'm looking at it. My mouth is starting to water. It is a, <laughs> is it a beer? Is it a cider? I don't know, but it is from the brewery uh, in Placentia, California. And it is a better aged Berlin style wheat ale with cucumber. So looking at the can, I automatically assumed it was going to be sour, but reading that description, I I don't think, but I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that it's not. Um, but this is a um, Berlin style wheat. It is a 4.3 ABV. And it says that uh, the name of this is, I don't know how to pronounce it. Frucht, F-R-U-C-H-T. It's another, <laughs> another language that I have no idea how to pronounce. But it says um, this beer gains complexity from a blend of Bretta, okay, this is like some really big words that have some kind of significance in the brewing industry. Um, but <laughs> Bretanomyces and Lactobacillus, um, they are added to cucumber to give it a coolness, gaining additional layers of complexity from its time spent in oak fetters. Flavorful, effervescent, and crisp. We can't come up with enough adjectives to talk about this beer. <laughs> so I honestly have no freaking idea what to expect when I taste this. It could be good. It could be all bad. I have no idea. <laughs> yes, it, it even has a pH level, total titratable acidity. Analysis of can date uh, may vary over time. What yeah, the and it stuff? says. 3.1 out of 9.6 lactic something acid. by grams per liter of lactic acid. Okay. Oh, I ideal, know. Uh, dude, ideal serving temperature of 45 degrees Fahrenheit, 7 degrees Celsius. Uh, how am I going to know? <laughs> I, can't, I can't dip my wick in there and find out. <laughs> and, it tell, and it gives you a picture of like a tulip glass to serve it in. Yeah. Gonna, uh, however, oh, wow. I am going to serve it in a goblet. I'm drinking it right out of the can. And there, there's so much science behind beer making, brewing, but there's so much science around drinking it as well. Like what kind of glass, what kind of temperature? Uh, how long you gotta let it sit out? There's like so much science around it. And I'm like, I don't care about the perfect, uh, conditions. I just want to drink the beer. Oh, okay. Nice. Smells good. Mm. Definitely smells cucumbery. Cucumbery. Yeah, that it does. It also kind of smells sour. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Okay, I'm gonna take a drink. Mm. Oh my goodness. I took a big old gulp. And actually, you know what it tastes like? <laughs> 
it tastes a little bit after I drink it and it kind of sat there for a while and the mm. flavor sits there. It tastes kind of like apple candy. <laughs> you know what? I don't get that at all. You know what it tastes like to me? Like it tastes straight out like cucumbers con tajin. Re- no, but it's sour. So it tastes like sour apple candy to me. And I don't know where I'm getting the apples from because it's clearly cucumbers, but... Okay. It is it is sour AF. Do you know like when you do the like cucumbers and like salt and lemon and tahine? Yeah. And you leave it out for a little bit for a okay. little while after yeah. not having like like you eat and then you like take a break, but you forget to put it in the fridge and you leave right. it out. Yeah. And then it like turns kind of bad. That's what this tastes like. <laughs> and it turns kind of bad. <laughs> Actually, she she has a point like where you when you leave your um, um, your uh, your cucumbers uh, out with with already bathing in the uh, lemon, the the acidity, I think, really turns. Yeah. Yeah. And also it really gets absorbed by the cucumber. Right. You know, and uh, yes, that's exactly what this tastes like. Wow. I can't. I can't. I I, I, I do like that we're thing. able to relate it to Latinx food. <laughs> oh yeah, they got that part. They got oh, the got, part, right? Yeah. I can taste it. Like they can de- taste it all right. I I can definitely gar- uh, garnish this with a cucumber con um pico de gallo or tahin on it. I think it would be really, really good. Um and also pair it with pepinos. It would be yeah. great. Like pepino, when I say pepinos, I mean pepinos con limón y sal, o limón y tajín, o limón y pico de gallo. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and just thinking about pairing that together with this makes my mouth water. Because uh, I, I like acidity. You guys know that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's going to give me heartburn. That's how acidic it is. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yes. This is something that I could only drink in a beer share. Um, uh, the whole can is going to really rip my stomach apart. But I'm here for it. It gave me, it gave me a a fake gag reflex because as I drank it, I was just uh, my brain was just uh, like, oh, you want to throw up? And I was like, oh no, I love that fake gag reflex is what you do when you're trying to pretend like you're impressed. Oh that my too. god, oh my god. Just my head just flooded with memories. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god. I even went as far as like even having like wiping a tear out of my eye. <laughs> yep. I was an actress. Oh my god. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but it was fun because it gave them a little boost of confidence. Yeah. And they, you know, they'd perform better. Yeah. I, I do they it. actually do they yeah i felt that they did <laughs> like oh my god it could have gone worse <laughs> anyway we are way oh. off the subject yes so for those of you who do not recall what our rating scale is for beer we have a five point rating scale where Number one is flaccid, two is initial, three is partial, four is full, and five is rigid. And if it's 
we don't have to worry about this today. But if it were to have been a beer <laughs> that we absolutely loved and it was off the charts, it would be Super Saiyan. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and start. I My first initial reaction was definitely like, oh, my God, I'm dying. But I'm on the third or fourth drink now, and I am actually appreciating it. That's not the same as liking it. So I'm going to go with initial um, because I I actually it's it's starting to kind of evolve on my tongue. So right. um, so, yes, I'm going to go with a two out of five initial. This is Sarah. And I like I said, I uh, I completely like understood the the taste and the aftertaste and it brought back memories about my childhood and leaving my um my cucumber or uh a plate out with uh, what it was soaking in the juices <laughs> so because of the unlocked memory i'm gonna give it a let's see i'm gonna go partial on this one wow partial well this is jen let me take one more sip to really solidify my choice <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm going to go with the flaccid. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, it's, it's too sour for me. It's definitely not for everyone. And for sure, like I said, this is just going to rip my stomach apart later. So I have to sip it throughout this podcast. Um, uh, because I, I do enjoy it. But again, it's it's so acidy that it's just going to it's going to really have its consequences on me a little bit later. So that has been our beer review. All right, guys, it's now time for a book review. What are we reviewing today? Well, today we are reviewing a we are revisiting Webtoons and reviewing a web comic called Nahualo. And it is um, written, co-written by Mario Daniel Garza Ledesma and Juan Manuel Colin Monroe Monroy. Monroy, yes, not Monroe. Monroy. Where is it Monroy? Monroy. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, actually, I think this this book was hecho in Mexico. Yes. Well, he, uh, Monroy, uh, who, oh, the artist. Yeah, that's Monroy, I believe. Well, anyway, I think they both do art and both do script. Yes, that's what it says right here. I know Juan Man, Man, Juan. Manuel Colin Monroy uh, is from, I believe, I wrote it down. He is from Toluca, Mexico. Ooh, Toluca! Yes, oh, wow. but, and he actually lives in Iran, which is very interesting. What? Really? He's going to school there. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, but that's uh, awesome. Or he did at some point anyway that was on his social media. I didn't see uh, where uh, the other person, uh, Mario is from but maybe he's also from mexico oh yeah I'm, i think they are both from mexico okay yes um i i we're, we're reviewing issue one and two and just yesterday on september 24th a part two of issue two came out so we didn't read that one but that's available on webtoons now and as soon as we're finished here i'm gonna read that because i really enjoyed these books <clears throat> so uh just so- just a, I'm going to say a brief overview. It says that um, 
Nahualo is uh, a story that narrates the adventures of Pepe, a boy from Oaxaca who has the wonderful gift of being Nahual. I had no idea what that meant before this uh, story. Uh, accompanied by their wise grandfather, Don Miguel, the astute Nahual Genaro, and the stoic witch Deborah, they will face various challenges where magic and myth meet in a saga full of action and mystery. That is awesome. Now, just to let you guys know, I also did not know what Nawal means. Uh, so I looked it up. It's a personal guardian spirit or protective alter ego assumed by various Middle American Indians. So, yeah, that's what Nawalo is. And uh, so... And I'm just going to let you know, but there's a word called aluxes. And I was like, what the heck is an aluxe? So I looked that up too. Uh, <laughs> in la lengua maya, it's a pro for alux. Uh, so in the Mayan tongue, it's a plural for alux. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, this name is given to a, a duende, a, like a fairy <laughs> or spirit. <laughs> Uh, o espíritu en la tradición mitológica, in the mythological tradition. Um, it's in... Melusia. It, <clears throat> yeah, this is, this is the Mayan, Mexica, Mexico, Belize, y Guatemala. So that they, they are all familiar with alujes. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Anyway, so... Um, so I, the, this number one, they they translate aluje uh, uh, as alushes, alushes. I read it alush, but in a <laughs> very... Americanized <laughs> translation. Um, but anyway, um, Alusha's at the cornfields. Yes. Um, so what I got from the first issue, I definitely felt that it was a comic book written in Spanish. Yes. They translated mm -hmm. it in English and there was a little bit of hiccups during the translation, uh, but I can totally hear it in Spanish. So mm -hmm. like, I think it was translated quite literally. And so there was a little bit of hiccups in the first issue. It's funny oh. that you say that because I noticed mm -hmm. that, but I didn't even think about it being translated uh, like that. I was like, oh, this is weird. Oh, maybe we got like a reader copy or something and it just hasn't been edited. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> it feels more like they put the Spanish through Google Translate and then yes, yes. slap that right on. Yes. Uh, uh huh. Uh, they definitely needed somebody else's eyes to look at it. But even for me, this is Sarah, even though it had those little uh, translational hiccups, I could read it in Spanish and I understood what they were saying. Like I understood what kind of language or what kind of voice was talking like through the, the through translated in my head into Spanish. But even with those hiccups, I really enjoyed this book. I really enjoyed comic book number one uh, and it it really grabbed me. And like I said, even if it had those hiccups, then it propelled me to engage really, uh, really well with issue number two. And issue number two, they freaking solved all the problems, <laughs> except for one typo. But that was definitely a typo. Um, yeah. But mm -hmm. oh, my God, issue two was just fire. Just amazing. I mean, they went back and told us a story about uh, Nahuales and how they came to be. And, you know, the the uh, Mexica people and, uh, you know, like it was just amazing. They even gave it gave us a little bit of like when the Spanish came and also how 
they got the help from the people that were oppressing, like the higher ups were oppressing the lower class people. And that's why they got the help from, they got the help from the people for the Spanish takeover. I mean, it was just amazing. Like, and the artwork is just really great. I really, really, really like it. I love the colors. Um, I love, I love all the characters, personalities. I was like, Genaro is just a scam artist, but it turns out he's also a Nawal. So it was just really good. You could good. be both. Right. Yeah, scam artist and a Nawal. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I really enjoyed this. I came across the this Webtoons on uh, Latinx community um, Facebook group and I clicked on it and I was like, okay, Nawalo, I want to know more about this. And it was not disappointing at all. I really, really liked it. Issue two, I was just like, I cannot wait till the next issue because it's so good. And I'm glad they, they fixed their little hiccups in translating to the English language. Um, I would... I would actually would love to read it in Spanish as well. Mm, what do you guys mm -hmm. think? So this is Kristen and it'll come as no surprise to anybody who listens to this podcast or knows me uh, personally at all, that there are way too many fucking words in this comic book for my <laughs> life. <laughs> I really like my comics to like the story to evolve through the characters and and they're telling me what's going on whatever and there was so many like just scenes and then a big ass thing uh, to read of what was going on and I understand that they were sharing history and it was actually kind of interesting and I I it I definitely understood what was going on and all, but it was just a lot for me I really enjoyed the artwork until we met Deborah and then I was like men created this comic Men created this character. She's a fucking witch that is fighting these whatever they are. And she has a fucking bralette on. Come on, yeah. people, do better. Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know what? Uh, I I just went to the second issue. Um, it's called Federales en la Pulqueria, which I think is a great title. But uh, yes, you're right. I was a bit disappointed in the outfit Deborah was wearing because I have small breasts. And even me in a little bralette with, you know, just like You're a, not like a, fighting demons in a freaking bralette. Nope. The, there's mm. no way in hell that shit stays on. <laughs> I mean, no! when I wear a little <laughs> a little fucking bandaid across my boobs, I still pop out. Yeah. There's no way I can jump. There's no way I can run. Heck no. Yeah. Fucking, you know, like I'll be holding my sword and I'll also be holding up my top. Like, right. I right. know you, exactly. I know exactly <laughs> men out there, men out there. I know you guys have gone to weddings where a woman wears a, a, a sleeveless strapless dress and she's pulling on her dress all fucking night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is, there is no boob in the world that can have them stay up there. There is no boob in the world. Yeah. Correction. Uh, Kim Kardashian's taped up boobs. Exactly. <laughs> like, she spends a lot of tape. money for them to stay in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, she freaking uses tape to have her breast stay in place. Um, you know, unless the top is glued on, there's no way you're fighting yeah. freaking demons. Right. A lot of demons in a fucking bralette. Yeah. There's so that part mm -hmm. just really annoyed me. And that's all I could focus on and think of the entire time. And then I just got more annoyed because she was turned around and the way they just drew her little butt and her little her little hip hugger jeans. Like I was just mm -hmm. like, this woman is not being drawn to represent the fucking badass character that obviously they meant her to be. 
Mm-hmm. So anyway, I was very annoyed with that. <laughs> yeah, and I will continue to call out that kind of thing because I feel like male uh, men creators and artists need to remember that you're not just drawing these characters and these pictures for the male gaze. You have women readers and I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that you actually have male readers as well who don't need their female characters to be drawn sexy. Yeah. And even if you do sexy, like do it well, because this is not done well. Ugh. I mean, Hinato is wearing a sweater and, and a shirt underneath the sweater. Uh, and then we have Pepe and he's wearing like a long sleeve sweater with a little kind of poncho over it. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are fully dressed guys, you know, like and they're fighting evil as well or demons. And but then she we does have... come out with like a serape type thing over her. But of course, the first thing she does is fling it out. Into... Fling it out of the way because it's <laughs> in the way. way. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm glad she's not wearing heels, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, come on. Seriously. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean. I got to say, dude, like I love my long hair and I love how it flows and all that stuff. But like if I'm going to fight demons and stuff, I'm pulling that shit back. Mm -hmm. And it's all like it's (laughs) I'm looking at this where she just flung it off. Okay, and here's the other thing. I point this out all the freaking time. It's it's one of the things that a lot of male uh, artists do and it bugs the crap out of me. Her jeans are so low, you can see her, um, I don't even know what it's called. Adonis belt. Huh? Oh, the Adonis. <laughs> no, the, like the little crevices that that's, are, yeah. are oh, going yeah, down yeah. to her, her hip bones. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> well, it's mostly like when you see men, it's more pronounced in men, uh-huh. but it's called an Adonis belt. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. anyway. Basically, if you look at human anatomy, then you know that her pants are so freaking low that her actual vaginal opening is like inches away. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm, and her hair is flowing in the wind and it looks like she fucking curled it before she came here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's definitely not suffering from hat hair. <laughs> incredible yeah no you know she's gorgeous apparently right but still like (sighs) we want a little bit better guys that's all i mean the story's there the story's fire um i contrary to Kristen, i really like those scenes where it's just like a scene and then a narration i really like that i love that Mm -hmm. i don't mind it at all i loved it along with the art it was perfect for me um, the characters all have really n- vivid personalities. Pepe is super cute. Um, we haven't even talked about the totems. The totems transform them into beasts or animals. And the, in that form is the only way they could battle the spirits or the demons. So there's a lot of like a lot of like layers and a lot of story uh, workings in this in these comics. But the annoying part is Deborah, the way. I'm not saying the way she looks, but the way her outfit is, obviously. Like there. Yeah. Um, and then there was a there was actually a panel where she's fighting and 
the the whatever these people these things are the federals or whatever Los federales uh says uh, a girl like you ought to be in the kitchen helping her mother which okay that's fine but there is a part where he's part like part where he says now one by one we are going to teach you to respect the uniform and then he yeah. says you first sergeant and that yep i don't know that it was intended i don't know what they meant but a hundred percent, my mind went to rape, and I oh, also was like, "Nope." Right? Yeah. No, definitely. When that part happened, I was just all like, "Yeah, no." Um, um, I was like, immediate. Like, if if anything happens, I'm just gonna skip that part right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, just but- like, I read it, and I was like, they better not show anything like that. I just, I'm not mm-hmm. there for it. They're skeletons. I don't see how they're gonna teach her one by one. But it definitely sounds sexual mm-hmm. violence in nature. And I didn't yeah. like that either. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. also ticked off about that woman in the kitchen thing. But I get it. Like, you know. But again, yes, you're absolutely right. There's better ways of handling stuff like that. But again, overall, the story I think was great. I just think this part alone was... Uh, I just think that it's very cliched. Yes. I was just going to say, I feel like creators fall into this uh, trap of, of creating, uh, of using cliches and, and using tropes like, okay, I feel like as writers, they were trying to um, like get us to hate them because obviously they're misogynistic skeletons. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and they were saying those things so that we knew they were the bad guys or whatever but at the at the same time like why do you have to use those why do you like i feel like it's a lazy thing and sorry not sorry it's a lazy thing that male writers do Mm -hmm. it feels like to them they feel like every horror story is like for women and like it is it's pretty horrifying but it isn't like the most horrifying thing that can happen is like rape and stuff like that but it's like like you there's other things and there's other like there's other smaller smaller or equal as equal horrors that can be done that aren't addressed and stuff like that or uh, another thing they could have said they could have been like or like i mean the list of crimes the actual federales did Mm -hmm. uh are numerous and you could have gone with any of that but it felt like he was very falling into like uh, tropes and stuff like that and so it's just like i was just like i was very uninterested in it, which was uh, sad because like sarah said the story is it's good i like it uh, i like where it was going uh and then of course like deborah and at first like i like i was just like okay whatever another like uh like ooh, ooh, i'm so sexy and strong with no emotion girl uh is coming in because that's another thing because uh with no clothes yeah because um the artist did a great job of capturing emotion and range in all the other characters the art is really good mm -hmm. but then like she is and like yeah like they they drew her like like super sexy and like whatever like that but when she's fighting and stuff like that she has like almost no emotion yeah like even when she gets captured like and you see her eyes there's like no panic no nothing she's just like looking yeah yeah. Like she's just like staring flat out and i'm just like okay like whatever like is she either has a plan or like would she just 
doesn't feel anything that's nice and so i don't know i it just she felt very tepid as a character uh, as opposed to everybody else which is also in a very common with male creators they try to make this like like a strong sexy female character that they're like yeah like she's badass but then they give her no no personality and i'm just mm-hmm. like okay i would have liked to see some personality she's a witch like give me something witchy uh, or something like cool or something just give me more of a nuanced character and then i can forgive all the other stuff but <laughs> she wasn't even that but this is also only one episode so maybe we'll get more nuance with her later maybe there's something in that other chapter the yeah next one that will give us more clues as to who and what she is in her background but as of right now uh she is not as interesting to me as the freaking grandpa too <laughs> Like the grandpa was interesting. Um, um, the kid's interesting. The scam artist is interesting, but her, I didn't find her interesting. Which is a crime because she sounds and like the idea is really cool, but the execution left a lot to be desired. Well, I'm just looking at number three right now, and it is like two pages. That's it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, but the 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 art. Is pretty good. It doesn't further the story hardly at all, but the art's really good. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's definitely a, a lot of sexism, I think, uh, with the male characters, only because um, I also saw when she took off her cloak and Hanada was like, oh, what a beauty. Like, yeah, because obviously she can't be anything more than just beautiful. And that's how he is interested in trying to help her like i don't know it just uh i don't know. in in that sense just like jen said that character deborah needs a little bit more flushing out um and yeah the grandfather and and pepe are really really super cute uh the in the first issue even the guy in the cornfields was cool like it just it all kind of came together just um i guess a little less sexism would be would be nice (laughs) (laughs) would be nice but yeah i think this has a lot of potential definitely it's written way better than a lot of other books i've read um that were like first projects by other um, um people um, not trying to bring them down because obviously it's a passion project, but um, definitely really well executed. Webtoons does it again. I am very pleased with Webtoons as far as like the content that we've been reading from them. Um, but yeah, again, a little less sexism, I think, would be go a long way. More of an outfit would go a long way. Um, I know that in uh, self-defense class, they tell you to wear your hair loose because if you wear it in a ponytail, it gives uh, people a better... A better grip on you when they're trying to kidnap you or <laughs> you know whatever but realistically speaking if you're gonna fight any kind of fight uh, any kind of physical fight yeah. so definitely the scrunchie comes out and you put your hair in a ponytail yeah that's the thing is that men don't know those kinds of things so there's no just like how kelly sue deconic talked about how she was in a writer's room and the scene was a woman walking to her car and her note was she needs to have her keys in her hand and none of the men understood why really yeah oh no that's That's one right that's a hundred percent what i do a hundred percent so do i so do i and men who don't have to experience that type of fear 
um, men who don't realize that long hair gets in the way of every fucking thing don't know to add those little nuances into their comics or their stories. Yes, and that's one of the reasons. I mean, there's a lot of men out there writing women characters and a lot of the times when I talk to them, they say, you know, I always have my girlfriend read it or my friend read it who's uh, who's a woman and they'll tell me like this Mm-hmm. Is it realistic? Like, yeah. this is not realistic. This wouldn't happen. Or, you know, like you said, Kelly Sue DeConnick said she needs to have her keys in her hand. Um, that's 100% too. I mean, it's so easy. I mean, you, you see a, a movie like G.I. Jane, where she's training in the water to be a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Demi Moore. And uh, she's getting in the water. She's supposed to do these really weird push-ups, right? And so what ends up happening is she she gets up and she's trying to tie her hair back. And one of the, the, the people that are training or barking orders at them, they're like, <laughs> he's like, stop playing with your hair. Like, and then the, in the next few scenes, you see her shaving off her head. Yeah. Because unrealistically, she's not going to be able to train the way she's supposed to train when her hair's in her face mm-hmm. and even if even as hard as training as she's going through even if she has it in a ponytail at some point it's going to get snagged it's going to get it's going to get loose with all the hard training so she just goes out and she shaves it off and that my friend is realistic that's a hundred percent what i would do if i needed to like i i already think of things like if there is a, a zombie apocalypse i'm shaving my hair off because <laughs> I'm not going to get, I mean, I'm already slow and fat. Like I need as much, you know, as <laughs> much stuff going my way because, you know, hair gets in the way. Just yeah. that's, that's If there's I'm a saying. zombie apocalypse, I'm sorry, but I'm letting the zombies take me. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm going to try to run, but if it, if it comes to, you know, I told everybody to use me as bait while they run away. But anyway. <laughs> That's all to say that, you know, just having your your female friends read your comic and be absolutely honest with you Mm -hmm. and make those changes. Because I don't know if you were thinking about that while making this comic, but but you should have uh, you should know that there's going to be a female audience out there reading comics. So, yeah, we are 50 percent of the audience and growing. We are the fastest growing um, audience of readership, uh, in the comic industry. So, uh, definitely take that into consideration creators. And if you don't have a female friend, uh, ask yourself why, uh, <laughs> and maybe do a little bit self-reflection, uh, and it might take a while, but you can get a female friend or you can go online and research, uh, about that. So nice little piece of advice. There you go. Yeah. So are we ready to rate it? Absolutely. So I'm going to start because it can only go up from here. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to give it one concha. Um, I really enjoyed the art. I was interested in some of the storyline. Um, and the little monkey is really cute. Um, and with Why the Last Man coming out and the first couple of episodes, I'm all about the little rhesus monkeys. So um, <laughs> I, uh, I, but I just, there was, I, I just got so annoyed with Deborah when she came onto the scene that it just ruined it for me. So I'm giving it one concha. 
This is Sarah, and I really, really enjoyed the narration and the still panels that they had uh, in the second issue. Um, I love their creativity. I know there's a lot of spunk within the characters like Pepe. I know he has this cute little personality, and obviously he has a dynamic uh, relationship with Genaro, and that really shows in the art and the dialogue. I'm so glad they either sought out help or they just improved uh, the translation from the first issue to the second issue. Um, I definitely saw growth there. So um, really appreciate when uh, artists or creators seek out help or you, know, you could see the improvement in their work. Um, however, was not really happy with Deborah. <laughs> but, and uh, like her appearance and her hair and the dialogue used against her like it just um, why do we always have to go to rape why do we always have to go there a female violence like I don't know right like, even if it wasn't rape like exactly female violence yeah like you know like as a trope to capture audiences attention or some kind of reaction um, definitely the sexualization of her outfit I was not on board at all um and so and I, I got a little triggered by the guy grabbing her hair like the demon grabbing her hair um that i was like why do we always go for the hair like come on <laughs> <laughs> like mm -hmm. i feel like I, I guess that stems from like a lot of men in, while trying to be violent towards women the first thing is like the hair grab like from the root mm -hmm. from the scalp like it just there's something triggering about that but um anyway Having said all that, uh, I'm very excited for issue three when it comes out. Um, and I'm excited for the story and these characters. And uh, like there's room for growth for sure. So I'm going to give it those conchas. Uh, I'm going to stick with Kristen. I'm going to give it one concha because um, um, I definitely think they need someone to trans uh, or to localize uh, their... Uh, their comic and uh, Deborah could have been a lot better. I am I am very interested in the story and the mythos and all that stuff as well. I think it is worth a read. I think it's I think they can do better. So I really hope they do do better. Uh, and it seems to me though that there's um, um this if this book was originally in Spanish, it was probably made in Mexico and stuff like that. There's probably some. Aesthetic choices that we are not mm -hmm. uh that we just don't understand simply because yeah. we are i mean we, though we are uh latinx and we're women and we are living in uh california we're still in the united states so there might right. be some stories there might be some context that we ourselves are missing maybe like the uh, because i know about the federal i know about the federales and like what they do um, uh, and stuff like that. But maybe there's just some context there that we we don't really understand quite yet because we don't know uh, how how bad like the people view them. Maybe some people don't view the federales as bad or something like that, and they just really wanted to establish that. So I'll give them the benefit of a doubt, but uh, only one contra. Got it. That has been our book review, guys. <laughs> All right, guys, it's now time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? So today I have Spider-Sick Volume 3 and Reprint of Volume 1. 
Spider Silk is a queer swords and sorcery fantasy webcomic. And it is being, uh, this Kickstarter is to get a uh, hardcover, to get a hardcover copy of it. So uh, in volume one, uh, this is the synopsis that they give us uh, about Spider Silk. In volume one, a chance meeting in the forest leads Prentice, a mage and an ex-soldier to the city's massive network of thieves. His new crew has their hands full teaching him their sneaky arts, but he soon finds a sense of belonging with them. Meanwhile, his sworn brother Orestes struggles to find his own place and and both struggle with their past. In volume two, the early signs of an outside force chipping away at the thieves network appear and the bandits behind it show their hand. Prentice and the others manage to turn the tide at an ambush, but the bandits don't go down quietly. Prentice's relationship with Solrab becomes romantic and Orestes joins a different cell within the thieves system. Uh, and the artwork for it looks really, really good. It's all in black and white, but there is some color uh, in there. Um, but and it is a webcomic that is available to read for free uh, as well. But if you want to get like a nice hardcover copy, you can go to the Kickstarter. It has about seven days to go, and it is currently at $6,675. Uh, uh, so they're about $2,000 away from their $8,000 goal. So uh, they, they're almost there. They just got a little bit more to go. And they have 125 backers uh, right now. Uh, pledges start at, let's see, $10. So you get the PDF of Volume 3 with uh, bonus content of the paperback. So for $10, you get the PDF. For $20, you get the PDFs of Volumes 1, 2, and 3. And for $20, you get, for a different $20, they, you can get the paperback of volume three. And this is just the paperback. Um, and then there's another one for a paperback of volume one. Uh, and then from there, it jumps to $25 where you get uh, the PDF and the paperback of volume three. And then it keeps jumping up from there and there as well. So Spider Silk on kickstarter awesome that sounds really really awesome all right guys it's now time for juntos y fuertes Kristen, take it away today we have um for you a call for submissions from the artistic zine i always feel like i can't i'm not saying that right artistic <laughs> a-u-r-t-i-s-t-i-c um artistic zine uh is a uh, magazine published by dstl arts and it was originally introduced to us by melina chavaria the writer and creator of magic glasses and she um right now is asking for submissions um, for this publication. And this particular zine is focused on acceptance and showcasing the diverse talents of autistic individuals as well as their family members. And with this zine, they hope to provide a platform that highlights the strengths of the autism community. They also want to show the individual as a whole person and not just a missing piece of a puzzle. So the current theme that they are um, that they are asking for in this round of submissions is universal design. 
So uh, they're basically saying that design and composition of an environment um, that so it can be accessed, understood and used to the greatest extent possible by all people, regardless of their age, size, ability or disability is kind of what they're looking for as far as theme. Um, because if an environment is accessible, usable, convenient and a pleasure to use, everyone benefits. So they're asking people to look at their day to day lives and show in your submission, what can be improved to make your life and that of those around you better? Um, and it's not just limited to design of a building, but also um, how we learn or craft or do business, anything and everything. How will the future look if our ideas can be implemented, not just for the betterment of individuals, but for all? And they're seeking visual art, comics, photography, stories, poetry, flash flash fiction or creative nonfiction that expresses the idea of universal design work that envisions a more accessible world for everyone. Submissions are free. And if you're selected, you'll receive one free contributors copy of the new issue of artistic zine. Um, you can go to dstlarts.org. That's dstlarts.org. And uh, look for the submission page. You can also buy past zines uh, for $15 online. And uh, I don't see a deadline for this particular submission, um, but you can submit up to two works um, in each format, either literary art or visual art. And let's see. Uh, you can... Uh, here we go. Oh, it just says submission period ongoing year round. So there you go. Awesome. That sounds super cool. <laughs> um, I'm hopefully, I mean, if I could execute it, I'd like to submit some work as well. So oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. My brother, um, my youngest brother is autistic and my one of our best friends, they're both their children are on the spectrum as well. Mm, so, okay, cool. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that. All right, guys, now it's time for saludos. And today, Comadres y Comics está saludando a Oscar Garza. If you guys remember, Oscar Garza is the artist of, of Five Me... Uh, um, Mashbone and Grifty, which is published by the Five Meets Comic. So he is um, selling commissions. Um, commissions are artwork that you select what uh, what type of like. So he's doing portraits, so you can select any various uh, number of family members or friends or even your dog. Um, <laughs> So the long story short is uh, he's an employee right now and uh, he needs to be paying some bills. Uh, so uh, he was in the video game industry for 15 years and uh, it, for some reason he no longer is working for that company. So now he is trying to pay some bills by offering commissions, ranging prices. Um, I think it's $35 uh, a, a commission for a kind of a portrait style um, picture. Um, and he, you know, he's driven, uh, he's actually drawn some as superheroes, which I thought was good. One of them was uh, uh, a luchador which I thought was super awesome. So to get and buy a commission and help him out, uh, you can go to Kofi, that's K-O-F-I-E-S-H-I-E-S-H-I-E-S-H-I-E-S-H-I-E-S-H-I-E-S-H-I-E-S-H-I-E-S-H-I-E-S-H-I-E-S-
ffrankiindia.com backslash five meets comics um and you could buy uh your commission too and i think 35 dollars is really yeah that is really that, good. That re that's really good for an artist i mean that's just uh that's just a lot of work a lot of yeah. work for an artist and uh, to, to offer you that for that price um like he was saying you could just update your media presence you could use it for like we are going to use it for commodity comics, but you could use it for like your Facebook. You could use it for like your Instagram or even your TikTok. I mean, come on. Uh, it's going for a good cause. Your Tinder. Your t oh, your Tinder. <laughs> yeah, your Tinder. How could we forget? Uh, it, uh, so, yeah, uh, go ahead and check him out. Again, it's Gofi, K-O-F-I.com backslash five meets comics. And uh yeah, if you guys remember, Five Meets Comics is a ragtag team of awesome comic books and commissioned art. So uh, you need a maybe you need a cover for your next. Oh, maybe you need a variant cover for your comic book. Yeah. Uh, for your Kickstarter that you're working on. You can get him to do a variant cover for your projects. I mean, you know, you name it. Uh, <laughs> I like their little tagline. We got the meat. So <laughs> So saludos to Oscar Garza. Please help a homie out. Um, we're gonna we're gonna help a homie out too. I can't wait to see what he comes up with with, with uh, our design. So very excited. Saludos goes out to Oscar Garza of Five Me Comics. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, you can find us obviously on our website, comadrescomics.com. That's right, and. Yep. We're on our website. You can find out all the social media platforms that we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and new to the lineup, TikTok. Oh my God. Yes. Have to look that stuff up because how do these people make such brilliant? I know. Just even my. My nephew was doing like amazing things and he was like, he's 10 now, but this was like a couple of years ago. I'm like, how did he know how to do this? Well, I looked on, on I looked on uh, YouTube and I found a few tutorials. I'm like, oh, oh cool. shit, I can do this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was a bit overwhelmed at first, so I'm very excited to do that. Um, so don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have a lot of amazing creators that interviewed with Las Platicas. Um, thanks so much for listening, guys. We have been your host. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.